Self-service is your cosmic comfort zone. An inner beauty school where self-care is celebrated, where getting real with emotions is a treat, and an interest in thoughtful, funny conversations, weird wellness, and astrology is unabashed. It's where being a little self-indulgent isn't just a shame-free act of love. It's a necessary launchpad into a life that's wholly ours. In a world where we feel good about taking up space. Here, we serve our hearts. We learn. We talk shit. We grow. And we tune the F up. Self-service. Oh my God, hi. Thanks for joining me again. That's nice of you. What did I do to deserve your goodness? <laughs> my name is Jericho Mandiba and I'm the editorial director of Girl Boss, as well as a tarot reader of sorts and a nerd for anything psycho-spiritual and self-care related because life is fucking hard. On the show today, Dr. Lauren, my favorite psychologist since Carl Jung and way less likely to date her patients than that guy, is going to talk about something that it's safe to say affects us all, and that's anxiety. You know, it's 2018, and the spectacle of capitalism includes like more self surveillance through social media than I'm sure anyone ever anticipated. Not that social media isn't this amazing tool for bringing people together and sharing resources. I digress. Anxiety, it's prevalent and it really affects each of us in so many complicated and kind of insidious ways right now in the world. And it's nice to remember that it's not terminal. We can really help each other better deal with it in a way that doesn't ignore our social conditions. So we're going to just break it down that little bit more today. But first, we're going to pick a tarot card that might serve up some insight onto how we can move through this week and what we might be able to get out of it. And the tarot card that I pulled today is the devil, which is so relevant and honestly, nothing to be alarmed by. (laughs) As you can imagine, a lot of people have like dark associations with this card because of their upbringing or because of the way it looks. But the devil at its essence is an invitation to face the things that might be holding you back. And in doing so, kind of lovingly realize that you have more agency than maybe you think you do. So often in our lives, we feel like we're not in control, like we're, you know, slaves to work, like we're addicted to toxic people, or we feel anything but free, really. The ironic thing about the devil card is that the figures in it aren't actually chained at all. They could get free anytime they wanted. And that freedom isn't the freedom to just run away from our problems. It's more like the freedom to realize that we're not trapped with this scary figure at all. We have the choice to make peace with him anyway, though, to give him a hug and say, I was afraid of you, but you're really not actually that bad. You're me and I love you. A mantra you might want to try for working with this card is something like, I'm no longer willing to feel oppressed through the actions of others or through my own actions. 
Another way to spin it is that the devil is an invitation to free yourself of old habits, old blocks, old stories, anything inhibiting or constraining you from being your most whole and honest and liberated self. So think about what you might need to gracefully detach from or make peace with within yourself this week. Um, There's no real right or wrong way to explore this stuff, (laughs) but just take it easy on yourself and remember that we're all a beautiful work in progress and the work is never done and that's totally okay. I don't know about you, but I want underwear that doesn't just fit me, it actually gets me. And that's what I love the most about Tomboy X. They're a company started by a cute married couple, Fran and Naomi, who believe that wherever you fall on the gender spectrum, you deserve cute as hell underwear. And Tomboy X really is cute as hell. I'm personally a sucker for the bikini cut, which is made of micromodal fabric that's so soft, it literally feels like you're wearing nothing, but kind of better. It runs slightly large, so I never get an unintentional wedgie. You can also get briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, and boy shorts. You can also get some incredibly comfy bras in different styles, from soft bras to racerbacks in a variety of swatches. So if you're feeling hyper femme or super androgynous or anything, there's a color and a pattern for you. Also, Tomboy X's stuff is fit tested for every type of body and it runs from extra small to 4X because everyone deserves good underwear. Hello. P.S. Tomboy X is also eco-friendly and worker-friendly all the way down the line. So amazing. It's time to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident. Go to tomboyx.com slash self-service and get their special bundles and pack pricing. Self-service listeners get an extra 15% off with the code self-service. Again, use the code self-service for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to tomboyx.com slash self-service. So most of us, if not all, have experienced anxiety to one extent or another. It could be mild anxiety. It could be severe anxiety that seriously affects our everyday lives. I've had both kinds and I'm far from special in that way. Apparently, 40 million people in the US alone are affected by an anxiety disorder. But also, apparently, only around 35% of those people ever receive treatment. That's pretty scary. So what's going on? Joining me is our resident psychologist and heavenly being, Dr. Lauren. Thanks for being here. Hey. Hi, Jericho. I'm thrilled to be here to talk about anxiety. (laughs) Thrilling, I know. (laughs) What is anxiety, like, in simple terms, in, in, you know, like, your understanding as a psychologist? Yeah, so I think the simplest way to talk about anxiety is just, you know, it's just worry and nervousness about Mm -hmm. an event or a situation, something that we feel is beyond our control. And so it's the thoughts and the physical symptoms and, you know, the feelings that come along with, you know, with just kind of living. And I think that's why so many Mm -hmm. of us experience it. The problem when anxiety becomes a problem is when we stop doing things that we really want to do because we're afraid. You know, so when it starts to limit us and limit spending time with family and friends and limit our social activities and really puts limits on our everyday, that's when it's important to really think about, all right, what am I going to do about this? 
Because mm-hmm. the good news yeah. is, here's the good news. You said, you know, only 35% mm-hmm. get treatment. But this is what I can yeah. say about anxiety. It runs rampant, meaning so many of us experience it, but the treatments really work. So the behavioral strategies mm-hmm. that we have are really effective for anxiety. So whenever somebody comes in to see me and we do an overall assessment, I say, listen, yeah, this is definitely anxiety, but that's great news because the treatment mm-hmm. is uncomfortable while you're going through it. But I can tell you right now that once you get on the other side of this, you're going to feel okay. You're going to have these strategies and they work and you're not going to feel like this all the time. Yeah, definitely. I, I can relate to that personally as well. I remember thinking I was never going to not have anxiety. And, you know, obviously it, as a spectrum, it's something I get anxious still, but it is actually amazing what treatment can do. <laughs> yeah. So and, you know, nice. and I think people often too just think anxiety, you know, they think it's just like extreme nervousness. But I want to talk a little bit about the different types of anxiety, if that's okay, because, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody's experiencing these things, they might not really know what it is because it kind of is a little bit different than extreme nervousness. But like, you know, there's generalized anxiety, which is just like the overall worrier, you know, like the person who worries mm-hmm. about everything mm-hmm. from, you know, am I going to run out of gas on the way to work? And when I get to work, are they going to be working on a project that I have no idea what's going on? And is anybody going to sit with me at lunch? It's all of that, like overall worry, generalized worry about everything. You know, then there's panic. Mm -hmm. You know, we all know what panic attacks feel like. That's all the physiological Mm -hmm. symptoms that come along with our nervous system kicking into high gear when our brain is telling our body that we're in danger when we're actually not. Then, you know, social Mm -hmm. anxiety, you know, that's just worry that other people are judging us and feeling uncomfortable in social situations. You know, then we have specific phobias, Mm -hmm. which are, you know, we think they're less common, but we just think that people with specific phobias are a little quirky sometimes, you know, but specific phobias, you know, they're we, the ones that we talk about most are, you know, spiders and heights. And those are a little bit more controllable because you don't really have to be around spiders that much. People are afraid of airplanes. They drive places, you know, but it still is very limiting, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, mm-hmm. PTSD for those who experience trauma mm-hmm. and OCD for those of us who feel like the obsessive thoughts will stop if we just do something to make them go away. And so like those are the different things that are under the whole big anxiety umbrella, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why, this is such a broad question, but why yeah, do you think that so many people in, in, in this like point in history have anxiety? You know, well, I think number one, we're recognizing and identifying more things. So the more we learn about, the mm-hmm. more that we have a word for it, right? That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is we have to think of anxiety as a normal response to stress. We have a lot more stressors now. Yeah. You know, we have social media. You know, there are so many expectations on us in our daily lives. Finances mm-hmm. are always such a concern, you know, and so there are real life stressors for so many of us. And anxiety is a normal response to stress. So it makes complete sense, really. For girls and women, you know, with social media, what I see so often you know, is the is the comparison game um, on social media mm-hmm. and the stress with, you know, I used to not really know when my friends were all getting together and they didn't invite me. You know, I didn't know. I would just see them at school the yeah. next day. Well, now <laughs> it's all over Snapchat and, um, you know, everybody's freaking out. And so that's causing major stress and major social anxiety. Well, now everything is broadcasted. And so I think that mm-hmm. that is social media has so many benefits and we reap them every day. But also it causes a lot of stress, especially for, you know, Mm. teens and those in college. 
Yeah, it causes me a lot of stress. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I know, I'm like obsessed. I'm like, wait, I'll say something on social media. Totally, because we're all human, right? So I'll say something, I'll be like, that was brilliant, you know? And I'm like, damn, like nobody liked it. I'll say to my daughter, like, Abe, will you go like my post? Because like, and like, I'm 42 years old. Like, get over yourself, Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't, right? It just never stops though. I'm like, come yeah. on. Like, I thought that I've had value. Like, why doesn't anybody think that has value? Um. So yeah. We all experience mm-hmm. it. We're all human. Mm-hmm. That's right. What are some common assumptions people make about anxiety that might be, you know, I guess some might be like beneficial assumptions and others might be kind of, you know, detrimental to either getting treatment or just generally kind of how we think about our own anxiety and other people's. I think the biggest thing there, Jericho, is, you know, a lot of people very different from if somebody is struggling with depression or bipolar disorder or something like that. What I notice most with anxiety is that people think the first action of treatment is to go and get medication. And while Mm -hmm. medication is, is necessary a lot of times, you know, it's more like I see more of an SSRI, like a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, you know, working for a Mm -hmm. lot of the people who come to see me, you know, and I don't prescribe medication, but you know, their physicians prescribe them that, and that just kind of slows down the thought process. But a lot of people go for like a Xanax, you know, or a Clonopin or something like that, which is very habit forming. And mm-hmm. it does take the edge off in the mm-hmm. moment, but there are behavioral interventions that can really work and work long term, you know, because then you always have mm-hmm. those strategies as tools in your back pocket that you can always whip out um, where we don't want to be able to whip out a Xanax every time that we're in a situation that's causing anxiety. You know, so I'm not saying that in a lot of cases mm-hmm. it's not necessarily, but that's one misconception is that with all the other things, behavioral interventions are, you know, the first stop. But with anxiety, people seem mm-hmm. to think that the first stop is going to get a Xanax or a Clonopin. And I beg to differ. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And speaking of, of that, what are kind of like some go to exercises like like thought exercises, breathing, stuff like that, that can kind of just help day to day with anxiety? Yeah. So, all right. So for anxiety, you know, and I'll mention this in every time we talk, because it's so applicable to most things, you know, managing our thoughts, rising above our thoughts. Mm-hmm. We are not either our positive mm-hmm. or our negative voice. We are the, we are the omniscient narrator above. So we need to watch those conversations rather than getting swept away by them. Right. So if we're having a thought, you know, I'm going to get to work and I don't have this work done and my boss is going to be mad and you're getting anxiety because of those racing thoughts. We have to thought stop. That's number one. Recognize Mm -hmm. the thoughts that you're having that are causing the unwanted feelings. Number two, deep breathing. Deep breathing exercises work with anxiety. So we breathe in through our nose for several counts, three or four, hold, and then out through our mouth do that several times. A lot of times I like to go outside to do it. The next Mm -hmm. thing that's super key is deep muscle relaxation. And the reason that we want to do deep muscle relaxation when we're feeling physiological symptoms of anxiety is this. This is what's happening when your body is having a panic attack. You ready? Mm -hmm. So our bodies are wired for survival. Mm -hmm. That means that way back in the days when we were like hunting and gathering berries and things like that, right? When we would we needed to be wired for survival so that we could live. So if we would be in a dangerous situation, like there's a bear running after us as we're grabbing our berries, you know, (laughs) our nervous system would kick into high gear. Our body temperature would change. We would start to sweat a little bit. Our adrenaline would increase. We would be able to either fight off the bear 
or run away from him. Mm. Well, what happens when you're having a panic attack is that your thoughts are telling your body that you're in danger. And see, our bodies can't tell the difference between real and imagined danger. Mm. So much the same way that when we were in the situation with the bear, our brain was going, shit, danger, danger, danger. And our nervous system kicked in and we could either fight off the bear or run from him. We were like, whew, thank God for that <laughs> nervous system. I got away. But when you are standing in the middle of a cocktail party and your mm. thoughts tell your body that you're in danger and all that shit starts to happen, you're like, oh, my God, what's going on with me? You know, well, the <laughs> same thing is happening. Your nervous system is kicking into high gear so that you mm. could fight or flight. But you're at a cocktail party. So you're freaking out. Well, the mm. key is to do deep muscle relaxation because it stops the nervous system dead in its tracks. Mm. And what that looks like, you know, it's hard to do on a podcast because I can't really show you right now. But <laughs> you, you have to, you, there are a lot of apps. Just type in deep muscle relaxation. There are a lot of apps. But you basically tense the muscles from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. And so you'd start off with all the muscles in your face. You'd go to the tops of your arms, your forearms, your hands your belly, your butt, your thighs, your calves, your feet, and you, and you tense them real tight and hold them for 10 seconds and then shake them out. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, it has a way of stopping your nervous system. So all those physiological changes get back to even. Another thing I like to do is guided imagery. You know, mm -hmm. our brains are so powerful. And so guided imagery exercises, using your thinking, really focusing your thinking in a positive way, or visualization, you know, choosing your favorite place on the planet and placing yourself there in your mind, doing your deep breaths at the same time. It can really help to even out that nervous system activity so that it, you could stay at the cocktail party. Mm -hmm. Amazing. It is so amazing how stuff like that can just really like, you're literally stopping these kind of like bodily symptoms in their tracks. It's, it's like magic. Yeah. And that's why, you know, when people, you know, take their symptoms of anxiety or depression or anything personally, and they think like, oh my God, I'm crazy. Like, ah, uh, no, you're not. Your body's just working. You know, mm -hmm. like a, a panic attack is your body working exactly how it's supposed to. It's just doing it at an inappropriate time, you know, <laughs> but yeah. it's an adaptive function, you know? So like, you're glad that your nervous system is working. You know, like if you were out there with the bear, you'd be happy. You know, <laughs> or if somebody was running after you to grab your handbag, you'd be thankful for the nervous system. So it's not all bad, you know, and like there's nothing yeah. crazy about you. You're just human. And we just use these different exercises and strategies just to make us feel OK. Dr. Lauren, thank you so much for talking us through all that. It's so helpful. Where can people find more about you and your work? Yeah, well, people can find me on Instagram and you can <laughs> like my posts. So I don't I don't have to ask my daughter to. <laughs> um, so it's dr. Uh, double underscore Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. So that's D-R double underscore Lauren. Or you can find me on my website at heylauren.com. Thank you. Neptune is the planet that's said to be about things like intuition and also can represent illusion or addiction. Uranus and Neptune have a really interesting relationship as well. So I feel like what better week to talk about these guys than this one and to ask our resident astrologer, who we all know and love, Jessica Lanyardo, to break down these energies for our listeners who are bringing up these kind of themes all the time. Speaking of, just so you know, Dr. Lauren, Jessica and myself are just an at or a DM away. And if you want to ask us a question that we can kind of 
talk about on the show, just feel free. We also have the hashtag self-service podcast that you can use. Now here's Jessica to talk about the week ahead. Hey Jericho and hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Today I'm gonna talk about anxiety from an astrological perspective. So when we're looking at anxiety in the birth chart, we kind of look at a couple different places. One is Neptune. So Neptune is kind of a slow moving planet that most people don't even bother to look at because especially when you're first learning astrology because it seems so slow moving and what could it possibly do? But when we're looking at Neptune in astrology, what we're seeing is what what we don't understand. It's where we feel uncertain, where we feel confused. Neptune governs the high spiritualities uh, the, and the high, high arts. It's a planet associated with dysmorphia and a sense of not belonging, feeling like you're born in the wrong time or the wrong place, or like you don't quite know how to gel into situations. Where we have strong Neptune issues, we do tend to have a lot of anxiety. And the best thing that we can do for that, if you look at your chart and you're like, okay, I have, you know, a strong Neptune placed in my birth chart. The best thing you can do for that is to breathe. It's to cultivate self-acceptance based on the present moment. Neptune has a funny habit of focusing on potential instead of reality and looking outside of the self for validation instead of internally. And so you can practice noticing when you're doing those things and reining yourself in with kindness. Now, the other planet that I find really strongly associated with anxiety from an astrology perspective is Uranus, another slow moving planet. Uranus is related to the central nervous system. Where we have Uranus, we are restless and kind of nervy or nervous. And so it's a very different form of anxiety. It's less of a panic attack and more of a, I can't focus. Like I'm super distracted in, in many directions. So if you look at your birth chart and you see a really strong Uranus dynamic, you are likely to be seeing your, your kind of impulse to think fast, move through things fast and get really restless when you feel stuck at all. The best thing to do with strong Uranus is choose to be present. And that means looking at information and data in the present moment and not always relating it to the future because the future comes one way or another, but it's not always in your control. And so staying present with the information you have and making the most of that information is really a useful tool when you have a strong Uranus dynamic in your chart. For both of these planets, and in, from an astrology perspective in general, I think, for anxiety feelings and thoughts, you don't want to starve them. You want to fortify them. And so that's about not alienating yourself from people. That's about making sure you eat food consistently. You don't starve yourself out, that you, you know, drink lots of water, that you do things that are fortifying for your body to support your mind and your heart. I know it sounds real simple, but it really works. So that said, it's time to shift into our horoscope for this week. So we still have a Mercury retrograde, which may or may not be bugging y'all. And you want to just, again, pay lots of attention to it. Make sure that you're re reiterating things with others and not relying on technology too much. On March 25th, we have the last day of the Sun Mars square. So you may be feeling still pretty irritable this Sunday. 
The next thing that comes up this week it is from the 27th through the 29th, we have a Venus conjunction to Uranus and Aries. And then on the 28th through the 30th, we have a sun square to Saturn. And then we have on the 30th, Venus moving into Taurus and a full moon. The full moon's on the 30, 31st. So from the 27th through the 30th is a time where things are going to feel both heavy and intense and loaded. This week is going to trigger out a lot of relationship stuff. And it's going to, and when I say it's going to trigger relationship stuff, it's not just about your relationship to your crush or your date or your best friend. It's also your relationship to yourself because all relationships really engage you where you're at with yourself, right? And so one thing to pay really strong attention to, especially starting on the 27th, is are you making compromises that compromise you? Are you saying yes to things that you actually are not cool with? Because that kind of behavior ends up leading you towards resentments, even if it's not the other person's fault. So it's important to look at, are you so uncomfortable with the unknown? Are you so restless to get to the answer that you're rushing into things? If so, you're not really going to like what you get, especially when that full moon hits on the 31st. So practice sitting with your unsettled or your anxious feelings. Practice sitting with your fears and not converting them into stories, not converting them into actions, just sitting with them. In this way, you can find a healthy balance within yourself. And as we have this full moon in Libra, Libra is the sign associated with balance. And so when we talk about balance, it's not about having things be perfect. It's not even about having peace necessarily, although that would be great. It's about being able to hold your fears in balance with your hopes. It's being able to hold a balance between what you do for others and what you do for yourself and what you ask of others and what you offer to them. Seeking balance is not about seeking perfection. It's about being flexible. This is not a great time for being decisive. This week is going to kick up so much so many feelings and such intense reactions inside of you that you may have a hard time really gauging what the best choices are. So try to make sure that your choices are informed by what's true for you. That way you can have, you can make actions that are sustainable and you can have a little bit more peace inside of you as you kind of navigate through the intensity of it all. So have a safe and healthy full moon, and I'll talk to you next week. Oh, if you want to find more Jessica, then you can find me on my website at lovelaniato.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram to get my daily insights, you can do that at Jessica Lignato. Thanks so much. Bye, guys. Whew, anxiety episode complete. I hope you all feel a little lighter after this. Thank you so much to my dynamic duo, Jessica and Lauren for joining me as always. If you think they're as dope as I do, rate, review and share this show. Or you can follow at Girlboss Radio or at Girlboss. 
And I'm at Jericho.MandyBurr. That's M-A-N-D-Y-B-U-R. And no, there's no H in Jericho. Take care. Thanks. Bye.